friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast brought to you by our good friends from Toys and Ford and Hy-Vee. Dan Casper here, as always, for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. On this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, we're going to do a little thing like I, that I like to call, let's get our crystal ball, though, the crystal ball segment where we're making some picks week seven of the NFL season, but also... Now that the NBA season has started, I'm going to give you my two finals teams and my championship team. So let's get it started, though. And then plus we've got uh, Dan Casper Show instant replay segments where we're talking Milwaukee Bucks and we're talking with uh, Jim Ozarski from uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who covers the Milwaukee Bucks. He joined uh, the radio program and and broke everything down for us, too. So uh, big thanks to... Big thanks to Jim for for hopping on and and uh, kind of giving us a preview of the upcoming season for the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, you can check out Jim's uh, work at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, jsonline.com, or pick up a, a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel there too. So big thanks to Jim Ozarki uh, for for uh, joining us. So we'll replay that interview in case you missed it on the radio show, and then a little bit more uh, Bucks chat on there too. But we're opening up this podcast with. The crystal ball segments where we're making some picks. We'll start it off with week seven. We've got the Saints and the Cardinals. Thursday night football. The Cardinals are favored by two and a half. Um, I am going to pick the Cardinals on this one, uh, and I do think the Cardinals will cover in this game. So I will pick the Cardinals in this one. You got Detroit at Dallas. Dallas is favored by seven. I'm going to pick the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys uh, cover in this one too. We've got Colts at Tennessee. Tennessee favored. By two and a half. I don't know if I'm ready to get back on that Colts train right now. So I think the Titans will win, and I think the Titans cover. Uh, They will win by three. Jacksonville favored against the one-loss New York Giants. Giants coming to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's favored by three. Ah, Jacksonville got off to a good start. Now struggling here a little bit. I'm going to go Jacksonville, though. I'll go Jacksonville, and I think they cover. So I'll, I'll I'll go on that bandwagon, okay? I'll I'll go Jacksonville, uh, not really bandwagon, but I will go with the with the Jaguars with uh, with this one. Um, what else do we got up here? We got uh, the Browns visiting the Ravens. Ravens favored by six and a half. I'll take the Ravens, but I don't think they cover. I, I don't think they cover in this one. Let's go with uh, Atlanta at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is favored by six and a half in this one. Atlanta, a nice surprise at uh, three and three right now. I'll take Cincinnati. But I don't think they cover in this one. I think Atlanta is just a, uh, you know, kind of a, a pesky team over there. So I'll take Cincinnati, but they don't cover against Atlanta. Packers and Washington. Packers are favored by four and a half on the road. Okay, I'll go Packers, but I'm not comfortable that they win by four and a half. So I'll take the Packers, but I don't think they cover. I just I need to see something different with this Packers team, y'all. I need to see something different. I mean, this is 
last couple of weeks have been frustrating. And no offense to the Jets and Giants because they've proven that they are uh, some pretty pretty good teams. But come on, Green Bay, figure it out. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Tampa Bay favored by ten and a half. Uh, Tampa Bay wins, but they don't cover. That's a lot. Uh, we got Texans at the Raiders. Raiders favored by seven. Uh, I'll do that, and I think the Raiders cover too. I think the Raiders will cover. Jets at Denver. Hmm. Denver favored by one. You know what? I'm going to go Jets. I think the Jets get it. If Russell Wilson's hamstring really is bothering him and it kind of hinders his ability to scramble and run with that Jets uh, front, I think they can get after him. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets. Their, their stock's rising. Denver's stock's falling right now. So I, I, I'm going to go Jets coming off of a big win against Green Bay. Why not? Let's do it. Uh, let's go Seattle at the Chargers. Chargers favored by six. I'll take the Chargers, and I think they cover. We got Kansas City at San Francisco. Kansas City favored just by two and a half, and I know San Francisco's defense, but uh, I'm taking Kansas City, and I think Kansas City covers, especially coming off of a loss against Buffalo. Let's go Pittsburgh at Miami. Miami's favored by seven in this one. I think two is going to be back. Uh, Pittsburgh coming off of a big win against uh, Tampa Bay when they were shorthanded too. I'm going to go Miami wins. And I think with Tua back, maybe it opens up a little bit. I, I'm feeling a little gutsy here. I think I think Miami covers in this one, too. Uh, then we got uh, the Bears taking on the Patriots. The Patriots favored by 7.5 in this one. I think the Patriots win. For some reason, I don't think they're going to cover, though. So I'll, I'll take the Patriots in this one for, for a Monday night one. Uh, okay, so those are my Week 7 picks here. Let's uh, let's get the crystal ball out here for a little bit for, for some NBA picks. So... I'm going to pick my Eastern Conference winner, and I'm going to pick my Western Conference winner. My Western Conference winner, I know a lot of people, this one's a little bit more open, it seems like. You're getting some different picks, but it seems like the, uh, there's a good chunk picking the Clippers with Kawhi, Paul George, Golden State defending champs, Suns I think everybody's kind of nervous about. Is there some drama going on? Lakers aren't going to do anything. I'm going to go on that... Uh, I'm going to go on that Nuggets train. I'm going to go pick the Denver Nuggets that they're going to get to the NBA Finals. I, I Maybe Memphis takes another step this year. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're going to be a fun team. I, I think the Timberwolves have enough talent to be a top-five team in a Western Conference. I'd like to see you know some new teams up there. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, with the Denver Nuggets. And then in the East, a lot of favorites for the Bucs to, to get through, even across uh, the entire landscape of winning the championship. And I'm going to ride that train, too. Go Bucks, Bucks and six. Fear the deer, baby. Uh, I think the Bucks win the Eastern Conference, and I think that's going to be a fun matchup between Giannis and the Joker, Greek Freak and the Joker. Uh, and why not Bucks and six winning it all? Second championship in three years. Biggest thing for me for the Bucks is that they've got to stay healthy. Speaking of the Bucks, let's jump into it, all right? So the rest of the Man Cave podcast here, little DK show instant replay. Uh, we're talking Bucks. We talked to uh, the Bucks beat reporter Jim Ozarski, uh, breaking it down for us too. So let's just jump into it. All right, here's a little DK show instant replay after these quick messages. 
At Toyson Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. Goodness gracious, this might be the only team that actually gets the postseason here in Wisconsin. <laughs> that's a good point. I never yeah. thought about that, but yeah. that's a good point. So, yeah, yeah. tonight gets Philly, 76ers. Well, I guess I did know that. Yep. I watched uh, Philadelphia play a game the other night, and this Joel Embiid, he's just like a dump truck. I mean, uh, he, he is more physical the way he plays and Shaquille O'Neal was at the end I think I mean you watch him and he just bowls over people and, and he's got an watching, the, shot too, watching the officials they let him get away with it too so kind of reminds me of a little Dream Olajuwon a little bit with that outside shot that he kind of has there yeah too. he's getting better with it that's for sure. yeah. so but uh yeah buck season uh, tips off tonight 6 30 coverage begins on the radio dials again here 105.1 FM and 7.90 AM. We'll be uh, talking with uh, Bucks beat reporter Jim Ozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, under two hours from now at 8.05 to help us preview the season. But what are the your expectations for the for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, with, with this season? Vegas odds have the Bucks as the favorites. Uh, you look at, as we mentioned a couple days ago, the the you know CBS Sports is the motherships the ESPNs all all talking or all have the Bucks majority of them picking the Bucks to to go to the NBA Finals it's kind of a mixed bag whether they got them winning it or not but I they, thought everybody was over on the Celtics no not actually no not a lot uh, when because we looked of that at uh, deal? ESPN uh, with all their picks all the writers nobody had the Celtics go in the finals CBS had a few of them going to back to the finals through through the Eastern Conference, but it's uh, it's the majority is the Bucks, and that's where Vegas is going on right now too. Not only to get through the Eastern Conference, but to win the whole dang thing at this point. I so, hope they're right. What is your biggest question with this Bucks team as they head into the season? Can they stay healthy? Chris Middleton, you know, is he going to be healthy for the season? Are they going to be able to stay healthy because they've got a nice roster, but I think there's not a lot of room for somebody to go down and somebody else to pick them up. That's the thing that has me a little concerned. Yeah, uh, remember Middleton will be missing the first couple weeks of uh, the beginning of the season. Pat Connington as well. So the depth in the rotation definitely will be uh, it'll be challenged uh, to to begin the season for for the Bucks. But and that's kind of too. I think you know when you factor in Giannis playing a lot overseas. In the off season, and you know, Bucks missing Middleton and Pat Connington. How much do you stress Giannis in the beginning parts of the season? You know, do you want him to go out there and play forty some minutes right away, or do you kind of want to ease it in because it is a long season? It's you know, a long season, but like you said, he's in game shape. He's been playing in the World Games overseas uh, pretty much all summer long, so I think he's in game shape. I don't look like he has to be, you know weaned, so to speak, into game shape. I think he's already there. It's the rest of them. I'm not worried about Giannis. It's the rest of them that, uh, that I'm concerned about. I'm hopeful that they're all ready to go. So who's your pick for if we take Giannis and Middleton and Holiday off the table? 
who's your pick of kind of that unsung or that player that you know you think could could be a key figure or or kind of a surprise player or who do you think it needs to be I think it needs to be some of the three-point shooters, some of the other guys that uh, they've got out there. Is Grayson Allen going to be able to be consistently good as a three-point shooter? Last year he was up and down. And who's going to give help in the middle? Who's going to guard guys like Joel Embiid? You know, I'm not sure who they've got to uh, to guard some of the bigger guys around the league. So I think there's going. It's not just an offensive help that they're going to need. I think it's going to be defensive help as well, and I'm not sure Lopez or who might be around to, to guard a guy like Embiid. Now, he's an unusual player, and you're not going to play against a guy like that every night, but still, you're going to, there are enough of those guys in the league. you got you know, you got Davis and you got Embiid. I was watching uh, Houston or uh, Phoenix last night, and Aiton out there. He's, you know, there's some good uh, good big men in this league that we got to find some defense for. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, over the last few years, Bucks have been one of the best uh, teams for interior defense mm-hmm. uh, uh, throughout the NBA. But uh, there's kind of some rumblings maybe that uh, they might be prioritizing uh, some perimeter uh, defense this year. Uh, but we'll see. I guess we'll kind of see that. I don't know how much we'll see it tonight with Philly and and Embiid in that, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what everybody was talking a little bit about after that Celtics series, after, you know, they were having some success from the outside and the in the, the perimeter there, too. So, but, uh, I, you know, when I look at it, yeah, I look at uh, some of the three-point shooters. You know, I, I look at a guy like Grayson Allen. I mean, if you're going to be the starting two guard, I want you to be a consistent player. You know, when he had an opportunity to do that last year in the postseason when Chris Middleton went down, you know, to kind of step up and and let's face it, he he kind of went away. He yeah. didn't, you know, he didn't see a whole lot of production. He didn't shoot a lot of three pointers. If you're going to be the starting two guard for for this team, I want to see some more consistent uh, consistent playmaking from from that position. And you watched him last year go into that kind of a funk, and it was almost like, and I don't know why. To me, some of the games I watched, it was almost like you deer in the headlights. You know, what am I supposed to do? What should I do now? This, that, and the other thing. And he wasn't playing freely and uh, as good as he can play defensively, kind of get in the middle and muddle things up. But uh, he was just kind of a out of out of sorts. It seemed like for whatever reason, I don't know whether the coaches were giving him mixed signals. I don't know, but I'd like to see him step it up and be a very aggressive player this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Chris and Allen's kind of kind of my dude. Um, you know, a lot of people are probably just going to pick Bobby Portis, and rightfully so. I mean, he's been, you know, I just want Bobby Portis to continue what he's been doing the last couple of years. And he has to, team. Bobby Portis, again, he has to be more consistent, too. Because when we got to the playoffs, those last couple of games, all of a sudden, he was a star. And then the last couple of games, he kind of faded away against the Celtics there. So, you know, you got to have these guys that are going to be ready to play every night. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they're going to need. Because Giannis is going to be there, as you said, Drew Holiday. Those guys, Middleton, they're going to be there to play. But it's the supporting cast that are going to be so important to the Bucks this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the rest of you got a few people kind of chiming in with, looks like the majority going with uh, going with Grayson Allen uh, with your picks. is good. You know, remember last year, too, we didn't have Brooke Lopez for the first, you know, big part of the season at, at the beginning there, and that's where Bobby Portis was in that starting lineup. Are we taking Brooke Lopez a little bit for granted? I'm not, 
I'm hoping he's playing. I mean, that's what happened. Maybe, Bob, of, maybe Bobby Portis got tired last year because he had to carry so much of the uh, Brooks Lopez job as well. But I'm not taking Brooks Lopez for, for granted at all. He can be a big help. How healthy can he be, and can he make that three-point shot? Can he guard on the defense uh, a big man? No, I think he's very important to this team. Uh, would he? You know, when you kind of uh, put him, and you know, we talk about that that fourth player though. Is is can he be that guy, or is he more of a? You know what? He's kind of you know one night he might drop you twenty, the next night he might drop you eight. But you know he is considered one of the better defensive centers in the league, making. Uh, some all defensive teams. And remember when Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year a couple of years ago? He would mentioned that he was going to cut it in half and give the other half to to Brook Lopez since he was in the running uh, for that too. But you know when you kind of you know he only played 13 games last year. Brook Lopez did in the regular season, uh, but still kind of matched some career averages: 12.4 points per game. Uh, his three point percentage was 35.8. I think the biggest thing for for like Brooke Lopez, and it could just be like defensive mindsets and what they plan on doing. He's never been a big rebounding, you know, for for a big guy like that, you know, throughout his career, he's only averaged six point two rebounds per per game throughout his career, which is kind of weird to think about for for a guy, a big man. But he also plays a lot on the outside too, which kind of factors into that. Yeah, and, and how does Bootenholzer tell him to play? You know, does he tell him to stay outside? Is he, you know, is he just not? going inside because he's not a, a grinder and a mixer, so to speak. I don't know what Bootenholzer is telling him, what kind of instructions he's getting, but uh, I think he's a very important part. Last year, it was noticeable that Brooks Lopez wasn't on the floor for the Bucks in many, many cases. And uh, the year before, he was a big part of that team when they won the championship. So I think Brooks Lopez is a, Brooke Lopez is a big part of this team, and he's he's got he's to gotta contribute. All season, not just 13 games. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I don't know, what he have a back problem last yeah, year? Yeah, back surgery. And so, uh, you know, hopefully that's cleared up. Back surgery is no fun for a big guy like that. That can be a real mystery to try and solve. But hopefully he's he's back, hopefully healed up. When we look at uh, this, this schedule here outside this home game for the Bucks, or excuse me, away game for the Bucks tonight at Philly, uh, they're going to be spending a lot of time here at home, and uh, with with uh, they got a home game. Their home openers this Saturday against Houston. They're home against Brooklyn right after that. Home against New York. Home against Atlanta. Home against Detroit. Home against Detroit. A quick trip to Minnesota. Then back home against Oklahoma City on the fifth before they finally kind of start a little bit of a road trip right there. So I mean, early parts of the season of this schedule, they're, they're going to be at home. So it's an uh, you know, a chance for the Bucks to kind of start off on a hot note and get off to a good start in the early parts and take advantage of that schedule being at home against, you know, they should beat teams like Houston and New York and Atlanta, you know, Detroit on there, Oklahoma City too, but, you know, we'll see how it kind of all plays out. But if you're going to be missing Chris Middleton and such, at least you're going to be playing majority of those games at home, which hopefully, I mean, it's going to be a raucous crowd. We know that. Bucks fans go out there and support them. So. Oh, they always do. You know, I was watching the Celtics uh, I don't know, night four last or whatever it was, and I see Malcolm Brogdon is now a member yep. of the Celtics. I don't know how much of a contract he signed or how much uh, the Celtics gave him, but I was thinking, boy, it'd be nice to have him back on the Bucks. But again, obviously, money 
money plays a big part in a market like Milwaukee versus a big market like Boston. So I don't know how much Brogdon got, but I was just thinking he sure would be a nice fit to come back with the Bucks as that uh, you know that second guard or even the point guard and make Middleton the shooting guard. And uh, I just thought it would be nice to have him back because uh, some of these teams have gone out and and made some nice moves. They really have, and I think that's a nice move Boston made by getting Brogdon. Yeah, they traded for him because, um, if you remember, he signed with, with the Pacers a couple years ago for well, that massive contract. That's what I thought. Contract. He had a longer contract. Yeah, and he uh, ended up uh, uh, Boston traded for him this, this offseason in exchange for a first-round pick and five players, too. So, Oh, wow. That's um, a big price. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, pairing him up in defense with, with Marcus Smart uh, back in that backcourt there, too. So that'll be... It'll be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out for for Boston uh, with it. But I always liked Malcolm Brogdon. So did I. I think most people did appreciate he was a hard-working second-round draft choice, and uh, he came into the league, and he's good for him. He's made his mark, and he's made some money. Mm-hmm. Going to make a lot more, too, before he's done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he dropped 16 points uh, the, the other night in the, in the opener there. Um, so... Just kind of looking at his numbers, what? Uh, yeah, he just played 36 games for for the Pacers last year. I know he was kind of going through some injury stuff uh, as well, but you know, still averaged 19 points per game, and he's always been kind of a, a solid three point shooter. A little bit down last year, but you know, when he was with Milwaukee that final year, he shot 43 percent from three. Yeah, it was hard to let him go, and uh, I'm sure he was happy to get out of Indiana because Indiana is picked to be what last, I think, in the Eastern Division. So. Uh, right, if they're not picked to be last, they're they're not far from it. So I'm sure he's happy to be in Boston. Uh, just kind of looking at uh, if you want to look at some predictions here. Looking at uh, five thirty eight, they do the whole analytics, you know, sort of thing. They actually have the Celtics as the highest team for a chance to to win the finals, uh, according to them. So a little bit different than what Vegas odds have it. They have the Celtics as a 22% chance, and with all their math and all that stuff, whatever. Um, but 22% chance of winning the finals. Then they got the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, then the 76ers, then the Mavericks, then the Hawks, then the Warriors, then the Suns, then the Heat, and the Raptors, then the Bucks. So they got the Bucks quite a bit down there. Uh, I'm Boy, not quite sure, but. Barely you know, in the top 10. They've got a uh, 5% chance for the Bucks. That's tied with the Raptors, Heat, Suns. Clippers are at a three percent chance, which, if you look at all the, the, I guess bigger networks out there, they've a lot of people are high on the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're kind of betting their bucks that they're going to be able to be healthy, and and play the majority of the season there too. But where do they have the Lakers? Uh, are they even mentioned as a possible chance to win the title? Less than point one percent. LeBron, that's got to beat LeBron. I know they got beat already in their opening game against San Francisco or against the Warriors. Yeah, uh, already freaking out over La La Land about that too. So LeBron saying we need shooters, we need outside shooters. Well, can't really do anything when you got all your money attached to three players and nobody can shoot from the outside. That's or right. Stay healthy. Yeah, it's hard to feel sorry. I know. I don't think anybody does feel sorry for those guys especially uh, in L.A. and the, the way they went about uh, building that team. And, you know, they don't have anything to trade either. All their draft choices are pretty much gone. They're, they're, they've got what they've got. So Giannis, um, good article in The Athletic. If you have a subscription, you can check it out there. But uh, 
He's already entering his 10th season. He's 10th season, but he won't turn 28 until December. So he's still easily in his prime of his career. He's got a few more years uh, for, for the prime of his career, but still kind of mind-boggling to think he's been in the league for 10 years uh, already. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about what he's accomplished in his career already. He's got a championship. He's got multiple MVPs. He's got a defensive player of the year. He's got all NBA, you know, honors and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So when you talk about, you know, legacy, what else is there to to kind of add to that legacy of, of one Giannis? And we all know about his mindset. There was a good note in there, too, or interesting one in there, too, about, you know, uh, he talked about he watched the Redeem Team documentary on Netflix too and uh said that he was inspired by a particular scene in there with the Kobe Bryant one where he you know plowed through Paul Gasol in there but if you remember a few years ago he's Giannis has always been kind of enthralled with Kobe and Kobe was the one who challenged him to win MVP in 2019 um so when you kind of and it was a I'm reading a little bit from from Slam magazine on here too when it comes to pure skill and dominance, there are only a few names that make that short list of the greatest hoopers to lace them up. On that short list would be Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron, who all share that, quote, killer mindset that has broken the hearts of many opposing fan bases and elevated their status to all-time heights. Do you think that's the next thing that Giannis has to accomplish, is that killer mindset, or do you think he already has it? I think he already has, and it's just hard for a guy like him. You know, those other guys were and are ball handlers. I mean, and Giannis is a ball handler, but he's he's the bigger guy, and, and they seem to control the game more, and Giannis does too. But it just seems to be a little different uh, scenario that a guy as big as Giannis has to go through to control the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, to to kind of call it what it is, perimeter shot. You know, like yeah, when when yeah. Kobe or Jordan. I mean, you think about some of their iconic shots. Yeah, Jordan's got a lot of them, good driving the hoop and dunk. But a lot of it's, you know, the even North Carolina, the sideline shot for for the national championship. Well, you look at the game you know, six, the NBA that, finals, and, yeah, and all when, that. You know, when he was a, the Cavs won Portland, yep. and you know, making all those three point shots. First quarter came down and just kind of humped his shoulders, you know, iconic show of, mm-hmm. of Jordan with his shoulders hunched and his hands palm up, you know, like, I don't know, I'm just doing it type of thing. And Giannis isn't to that level yet, that definite outside shot. If he could develop a consistent outside shot, 40, 42, 43%, look out, world. Yeah. Um, I think that's, it's, that's why, like, I'm just living in the moment. That's why I'm... I think maybe really excited for for this season, and I've become more of a Bucks fan the last few years because of the rise of Giannis, which I think a lot of people have. Oh, there's no you, question. You know, kind of jumped on that wagon there too. But you know, to to have a guy like that at that level playing for your your team, and knowing how things kind of go in the NBA, we don't know how long it's going to last at this point. That's yeah, why says, we have a Pfizer forum. Mm-hmm, you know, he, he says the right things. They all say the right things, and and all that sort of stuff but you know just that's why I'm kind of living in the moment and taking in all these games at this point with Giannis because you never know you, we we can they can say the right stuff but you never know when it boils down to it you know so and then the fact that he's still in his prime and hell right now they are the best team in the state of Wisconsin in terms of a professional <laughs> level so 
They're <laughs> they're kind of our only hope until maybe after you know first couple months. You hope it's not off to a slow start, but right now, if you ask me to rank them. I would say the Bucks are the best chance to bring a championship compared to Green oh. Bay or even Milwaukee next year or, oh, no the, or the Brewers next it. year, anything like that. So. No question about it, and I think it's. Uh, I think the gap is widening. Yeah. Well, um, I hate can't to argue say that. that too I much. Hate, I get. Yeah. I hate to say that, but uh, reality is reality. I mean, you would know, you have thought that five years ago, six years ago, nope. seven years ago? Nope. Nope. No, I wouldn't have either. Nope, but I'll tell you, it's. Uh, I just don't like the trend we're seeing in our football teams, both of them, mm-hmm. Badgers and the Packers. I uh, got a few more people chiming in about the Bucks, their predictions. Bucks, uh, Bucks and six. Of course, that's going to probably be a popular one for a lot of people. But a lot of you, pretty much all of you, picking the the Bucks to to go to the finals, and about I would say half of you looks like you're picking him to win the finals. Um, when you look at some of the predictions, the Western Conference is a little bit more open if you take the experts' picks. Again, a lot of them going with the Clippers, kind of riding that. Nuggets are a popular pick as well. Um, got a couple of the Golden State Warriors ones on there too. Suns are kind of quiet this year, but I'm wondering if a lot of that is just because, well, Chris Paul's getting up there in age and some of the drama that was in the offseason. Where's Dallas? Uh, Dallas is, you know, when you talk about like Dallas, they're kind of quiet too. Not a not a lot of talk about them. Uh, but even like MVP, we were talking about MVPs the other day, and it's like, you know, Luka Doncic. You know, don't forget about that guy over you know, there too. And, and I appreciate how good he is, but is he the most? Is he a most valuable player type of guy? I mean, he can do everything. But when I look at an MVP, I'm looking at a guy that is not only great individually and puts up his numbers, but also makes his team better. And I watched Phoenix and Dallas last night. And yes, he can score and he can do some crazy things. But what happens to his team? His team lost last night. They were ahead. And, you know, Luka is a great player, and I'd love to have him on my team, although not with Giannis. I don't want him on the same team with Giannis, but is Luka, you know, you can't deny he's one of the greatest players in the league, but is he a most valuable type of player? I would I would say he is. I mean, he did lead the Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals last year, where they, where they fell to the Warriors uh, in there, so and right now he's actually odds-on favorite, uh, according yeah, to I Vegas, know to, to win it. And uh, I, but I want to see him, and maybe he'll do it this year. Get over the hump with that team, you know. He just, uh, you know, you look at these all great depends players. if he can out uh, do Jason Kidd. Remember, that's a kind of a tongue-in-cheek comment. Remember, Jason Kidd's their head coach. I know it. So. I know it. I saw that last night. But I mean, you look at uh, you look at Jordan, you look at Kobe, you look at LeBron. They they will their teams to victory. They saw how. How to make their team better. And I don't know if Luca at this point, he's a young kid. He's only 24 or something like that. You know, whether he can do that, I don't know. I have no question about how great he is and the talent he's got. And his team is a lot better, obviously, because of him. But can he bring the rest of those guys along and get them over the top? Because he... he dominates the basketball. There's no question about that. Well, I guess my next question then, too, would be, you know, when you look at the other Western Conference teams, 
you know, you've got at least a couple of all-star type players. Can you name another player on the Mavericks that can help out, Luca? <laughs> you know, that's the thing. And I watched that game last night, and and uh, I, I don't know about his supporting cast, mm-hmm. who he's got, who he's got there that uh, that can do a lot to help him. I can't yeah. right yeah. off the bat. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is on there, but he averages nine points a game. Yep. You know, Reggie Bullock is is over there. But, you know. It, Maybe that's the reason Luka is dominating the ball, because they don't have those uh, complementary players. You know, everybody is, there's Luka, and then everybody's down. Yeah. You know, like on the Bucks, you've got Giannis, you got Middleton, you got Portis, you got Drew Holiday at that next level, and then maybe down another step or half a step. Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, those play players. And I don't know how many steps down from Luca, his supporting care. Are they down one step? Are they down five steps as far as their ability to play with the greatest players in the league? I, you know, that that's probably part of it too. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's a great player. He's fun to watch, some of the things he can do. But it takes so much of the ball for him to be able to do that with the other guys aren't getting involved and getting their chance. So I, I don't know. It's got to be a tough job for Jason Kidd to coach this team because of a, a player like that that is so good. Just don't screw him up like you almost did Giannis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think everybody was happy to see him leave town. Yeah. Uh, in case you're just wondering, the uh, the NBA uh, betting odds right now, uh, Luca is at a plus 450. Joel Embiid, plus 500. Then it's Giannis, plus 550. Then there's a gap. Next one, you're talking uh, KD and uh, Jokic at uh, plus one thousand. So we'll we'll see. You know, we were kind of talking. Me and Luke were talking about MVPs yesterday in the NBA and that and that trend. You know, do they kind of like okay, you know, Joker won the last two, so we're not going to give it to him for a third year. Kind of like Giannis, you know, won it two years in a row. That's right. and when you look at it, there's not a big list of multiple MVP award winners in the NBA throughout history. It's not a big list. You know, Kareem's got the most with six. Then you've got, you know, the group with with, uh, with Jordan, who's got uh, who's got five uh, MVPs along with, let me bring it up here, I got it right here. Uh, him and Bill Russell are the only ones with five. Wilt Chamberlain and LeBron are the only ones with four. Then there's only three guys with three MVPs, Moses Malone, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. And then you've got Bob Pettit, Carl Malone, Tim Duncan, Steve Nash, Steph Curry, Giannis, and uh, Nikola with two. That's it for multiple MVP winners. I mean, Kobe win. Kobe only won one. Really? Shaq only won one. Wow, that's a surprise to me. Yep. Kobe only won one, and that was uh, not until 08. Wow. Wow, wow. I didn't realize that. I thought he won more. Yeah, right? So that's, you know, the last time besides LeBron that we saw a guy win his third MVP was Jordan. So that's where I'm kind of interested to see how this season plays. You know, if Giannis goes out there and does his thing, you know, 35 points a game, 10, 12 rebounds in that, and leads the Bucks to a one seed. Because I, I, I buy into the fact that the voters for the MVP in the NBA kind of go like, okay, yeah, that guy won a couple times. We're going to go somewhere else for this one. I, I hope that doesn't that. enter their mind, but maybe it does. Yeah, because uh, remember I was uh, – yeah, Steve Nash – What's, we were talking about that yesterday. It was like the one year that he won his. I think there was like Didn't argument. He, win two in a row? he did win two in a row, but it was one year where like it should maybe some people thought it should have gone to Kobe. I think it was. There was that battle, but I think it was the Lakers were like a seventh seed or something like that. There was just nobody else 
with Kobe on that Lakers team past Shaq. So, well, it was after the Shaq years. Yeah. So. But I'm surprised Kobe only won one. Right? Even Shaq. Shaq won one. That's it? Yep. Um, trying to think of anybody else during that era. But, you know, during that era that Kobe only won one, it was, you know, Allen Iverson won one. Uh, Duncan won two. Kevin Garnett, Nash, two in a row, Dirk. And then when Kobe won his in the 07-08 season, right after that was LeBron, LeBron, Derrick Rose, LeBron, LeBron. But yeah, and I remember when Jordan was playing when Carl Malone yeah, won the MVP. Pissed <laughs> and, him off. And he he made it happen in the finals too. That yeah. uh, you know Carl Malone asked the MVP what happened. You know, I remember that when the Bulls beat him. That would have been three years in a row. Jordan yep. would have won. Yep. Again, maybe it kind of goes to the things like, yeah, Jordan already won, you know. I believe it. Yeah. And but, Malone is a great player, had a great year, but you tell me who, you, who you're going to take. You're going to take Jordan, you're going to take Malone on your team. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Bucks uh, visiting the Philadelphia 76ers. And to help us break down not only this game, but this upcoming Bucks season, Bucks beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jim Ozarski. Jim, appreciate you joining us here this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, first question. Uh, I got to ask you, what is the biggest question mark on this Bucks team heading into the season, in your opinion? Oh wow! I guess it would be yeah, how how do they start? And it's in the context of no Pat Connaughton, no Chris Middleton, no Joe Ingles, and you know, is Giannis on some sort of minutes watch in the early going? I mean, last year kind of easy to forget they started six and nine. I want to say five hundred a, a little late, um, and obviously they were able to turn it on and, and get to the four seed. So um, I mean. They don't really have a ton of questions. I, I, I think it's how do they start in, in an East that has improved, and, and and is it? I don't want to call it a big hole to climb out of. It's not like the Bucks are going to be in the play in, but I think they're teams that want to win regular season games in the East. They're playing one tonight in Philadelphia. So, you know, where does that set them up at as they try to make the playoffs late? And then I guess uh, on court. Uh, it would be, look, Mike Boonholzer finally acknowledged maybe they shouldn't give up 25 threes a game. <laughs> and so they're, they're changing changing the defense a little bit to, to better contest three-point shots. Now, that's going to require some changes inside for Lopez, Giannis, and Nakumbo. So let's see how that also kind of comes together in early going when, again, they don't really have their whole squad. You mentioned that that defense, Jim, and I mean the Bucks. The last you know couple of years, few years, have been one of the better ones interior defense. So I mean that's kind of a change in philosophy to maybe defend the perimeter more. I know fans were kind of chiming for that after that Boston series last year. So you're right. I mean they got the wingspan right, but do they have that athletic ability to to defend that perimeter? Yeah, and, and you know I think that's where 
some of their age comes into play. Wesley Matthews, George Hill are 36 years old. You know, Drew Holiday's 31 um, or 32. Chris Middleton's 31. You know, Joe Ingles is in his mid-30s. Pat Connaughton, you know, you could argue still in his prime at 29. So I think they're going to need, you know, Jordan to, to some degrees, of course. They're not going to play major minutes. But Jordan Wara, Marjan Bochamp, to, to at least offer a little bit defensively when they fill in for Middleton, for Connaughton. And then does Grayson Allen take yet another step uh, as well? They're going to need some of those 20-somethings that they have early in the season to sort of make that work. Do you have uh, any idea how this, you know, in, in the early parts with the injuries, it, it might work out a little bit, but once everybody's kind of healthy and, and on the court, do you kind of have an idea how this rotation is going to work, especially that backcourt with Hill and then and Carter coming back for, for this team who seemed like he shot the ball well from three-pointers in the preseason? Yeah, it's interesting because on one hand, Mike Budenholzer said after the preseason that Javon Carter earned a bigger role. He said, without a doubt. Now, the natural follow-up was, well, is that going to cut into George Hill's minutes? And Mike Boonholzer told me flat out, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he said that George Hill's going to play normal minutes, which in in Milwaukee has been between 20 to 23. Now, again, that's here in this early portion. George Hill took two cortisone shots in his neck for a disc issue in his spine. He's, He's... Ben healthy says he feels good, but he also hasn't been slamming into 280 pounders on screens yet, you know, or, or hitting the floor yet. So I don't know if I can sit here with you and assume George Hill's going to be healthy um, this entire season. So I think that's probably where you'll see a little bit of the minutes flip as, as Carter maybe gets a little more, um, you know, as, as maybe Hill and Matthews are. Uh, I'd say watched a little bit. Again, those guys did get mad at me for saying it, but they are 36. Mm-hmm. And, and you, they want them playing well in June. And not, not you know, going all out in January. Right. Jim Ozarski, who covers the Milwaukee Bucks for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You can pick up a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or subscribe online at jsonline.com. What should our expectations be for, for the rookie Marjan this year, do you think? You know, that's, that's tough. I, I think if people can remember Dante DiVincenzo's rookie year, you know, in 18, you know, he played, I think I want to, 16, 17 minutes, something like that. I, you know, in, in a large part, it was because he could defend on the ball, you know, in the backcourt. His shot really wasn't there. He was, uh, you could see there was some skill there, which obviously developed, you know, after that. But Bochamp, I, he's going to get his, his opportunity here in the early going. No Connaughton, no Middleton. Um, his shot hasn't looked great in the preseason. They've wanted him to handle the ball. They've wanted him to shoot it to kind of work on that thing because, as you know, it, you know, you put him on the court with the big three, he's the fifth option. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the expectation always starts defensively with him and then making that right read decision offensively. I think they're going to live with some rookie mistakes, um, especially here in the early going. But, you know, I would say, you know, fringe rotation player. When this is a healthy team, the way they believe they'll be constructed come February, March, when Joe Ingles is back, Marjan Beauchamp's not going to get a ton of run. Jim, 
on the Middleton situation, how far is he from coming back? And when he comes back, is he going to be whole or is he going to be on minutes, not because of conditioning, but because of that injury? Yeah, so he he first started ball handling drills with that left hand their last preseason game against Brooklyn. So that's October 12th. So we're talking just eight days ago. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be ready here in the next week. But, I, you know, I, I think it's we're not going to be looking deep into November either. I mean, the Bucks are fairly conservative with injuries. Um, it's not like he's Kyrie Irving. And he's got, you know, this great left hand, and it's a big part of his arsenal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they want to make sure he can handle the ball. I mean, Chris is in traffic a lot. Um, they want to make sure he's able to get, you know, people swiping at that wrist, and that's not a problem. So I think it's going to be a little bit. But in terms of his return, as long as he's got his wind, I don't think they're really going to have much of a restriction on him, uh, largely because he said his knee, you know, that, that – injury in the playoffs is completely healed and he told me when i saw him in charleston guys that um you know his legs felt as good as they have in several years with an actual offseason so i think it's more just when is the wrist you know feeling good enough for nba contact and then we'll see chris you know it's hard to believe Giannis is entering his 10th season already but he's not going to turn 28 until december you know for crying out loud but, I mean, you know, you look at the preseason predictions and the expectations, MVP talk, a Bucks are, you know, favor to, to win the NBA championship. You know, Giannis has developed quite the legacy already, Jim. I guess, you know, you know, some people are like, well, what else can he add to it? I mean, it seems like now it's just it's all about building championships for, for Giannis. Could we, you know, every year it seems like we've seen him try to work on free throws or, or perimeter shots and outside shots. Have you gotten a sense of something that he really worked on this offseason to, to get better at for, for this year? Yeah, he's you know he's not a player who does anything sort of um, – he, he does everything holistically is what I'll say. So it is the free throws, the mid-range, you know, uh, again, more confidence in, in shooting the three. Because when you're, one of, when you're the best player in the league, which I, I believe he is, um, you're always going to be the MVP conversation. Your team's always going to be in the championship conversation. So I, I don't know if guys like that take, you know, seven steps forward in an individual season because are, their peak is already so much higher than anyone else's. Like, is Giannis going to shoot 39% from three? No. <laughs> is he going to shoot 82% from the free throw line? No. But incremental improvements for guys like that all of a sudden turn into you're averaging 30 and a half a game. Or now you have eight and a half assists a game. And while that doesn't seem like a lot, um, I, I think for a team like the Bucks, guys like Giannis, that translates to more postseason wins, more regular season wins. You know, like a, you mentioned the free throws. Let's just go there real quick. You know, in FIBA, he played all these Euro basket games. Um, you know, they have to get rid of free throws in five seconds in Europe. Um, did he always get it off in five seconds? No. There's video of, of, opponent, of opponents in, in Europe, you know, imploring the officials that he had to get rid of the ball. But, I mean, he, he was almost automatic. And I've been paying attention to him, guys, in, in the preseason. If he's, if he's releasing that free throw in seven and a half to eight and a half seconds, I haven't seen him miss many. Hmm. Um, 
what does that mean? Does he get tired and, and, and send a few up at, at 10 seconds later and he misses? Maybe. But if he shoots 73%, what, what is that? That that could be another point and a half a game over, and he doesn't do anything different. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. it, again, it sounds small. Um, it sounds like, oh, that's a small improvement. For, but, again, I think guys like that, it's, the results can be pretty tremendous when you add it all together at the end of the season. Jim, I, I got to add, because you, you covered the Packers before you covered the Bucks. You, you covered the Bengals, too. You know, you've been around some some great athletes, great talent to Aaron Rodgers and such. But where does Giannis from? You know, we see what he says from from the outside and some of his comments and his you know the, the, like inspirational stuff. But where does Giannis rank from all those players that that you've covered at, at different levels in terms of like his maybe his authenticity or his leadership or just like his his mindset? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's. It, I mean, he's at the top of the list. You know, um, I mean, in terms of his currently where he's at physically at, at his in his physical peak, even he's ten years in. But again, not, as you mentioned, not twenty eight until till later this year. Um, I, you know, it, it's look. I, I was around Ryan Braun uh, before. You know, that all kind of fell apart. Uh, I was around Sammy Sosa and Frank Thomas in Chicago uh, later stages of their of their time. But again, we're talking about MVPs of their league, a Hall of Famer. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course. Um, you know, it, it's those guys are wired differently. Um, it's not just a physical thing because all of these players are the one percent of the one percent. It is that differentiation of that, that mental edge, if you will. And, and but Giannis, you're right, is is authentic. I mean, I, I think uh, you can maybe hear some other superstars speak or act and you wonder is that really how they are mm-hmm. um Giannis is, is what he projects you know the the dad jokes or the you know the commercial plugs and and all that stuff it's funny but that that's who he is and it's and he, it's just as much who he is as the guy who you know is going to dunk on someone's head and mean bug and be that sort of fired up about it so um he, he wears that on his sleeve and I think you're right that that does differentiate him from from many other superstars Jim, how much do the Bucks expect to get out of Brooke Lopez this year, and how much do you think he can contribute? Can he get healthy and, and be where he was a few years ago? This is a great question in context of the new defense. Here's a he's thirty four, um, coming off back surgery. You know, he finished last season playing very well, um, moved really well. He says he feels great. He's two hundred eighty pounds, but he, he feels it's He's carrying it a little bit differently now that he's he's healthy. Now, you know, look, the Bucks are changing this defense. They're not going to ask him to just fall back to the rim and and protect that. Um, they're going to be asking him to to move up, move around. Uh, can he switch? Can he can he recover? Um, we know Giannis can do that. It's a tough ask of any big um, in that sort of small space. Uh, Brooke Lopez is in a contract year. Uh, we're going to find out if if this sort of move by the Bucks to better contest the three, maybe give up a little more points around the rim. How does that fit Brooke Lopez? Honestly, we don't know. Jim, to, to to wrap it up here, you know we we've been kind of asking all week who do you think is the biggest threat to to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference? You know because everybody you know Vegas odds have the Bucks coming out of it. A lot of predictions have the Bucks coming out of it. 
But who do you think in this Eastern Conference, and you know, we'll get one of those teams tonight, but who do you think is the biggest threat to, to the Bucks to come out of the Eastern Conference, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I do think, if healthy, they are the best team in the East um, and, and should be not going to absorb another Finals burst. But to your point, I, I think it's still Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn and Boston, if, if you know, Brooklyn remains healthy and drama-free, which we don't, <laughs> we don't know how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Boston, look, I, I think if there was, if their coaching situation obviously could have been a huge distraction. I think the fact that they addressed that and made a change before training camp began, look, I don't know if their current interim head coach um, is as great of a tactician, motivator as Ime Udoka. That to be that remains to be seen. But Jason Tatum's going to get MVP votes. You know, this is a team, you know, in the Celtics who have a ton of experience for as young as they are. Um, so I'm not going to just push them aside. But I do think the fact that the Bucks had two closeout games against them without Chris Middleton, um, it, it makes me lean Bucks. But I, I got to give them their respect. So to me, if, if Brooklyn is, is healthy um, with Seth Curry and Joe Harris being, being available, and if Boston – you know, remains on this trajectory. Those are the two teams. You know, if you if they see them in the East semis or the East finals, that okay, you're like, yep, that, that's the Bucks are going to have to work. You know, to, to make another finals trip. Jim Ozarski, pick up a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or subscribe online again, jsonline.com. Fantastic stuff covering the Milwaukee Bucks. Great catching up with you again, Jim. Appreciate you taking some time and uh, helping us preview the Bucks season up here in the uh, in the Chippewa Valley. Anytime. Thanks so much. You got it. There you go. There's Jim. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating, too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.